Well, hey there, family. It's me. You know who I am. Steve Shell, Old Gods of Appalachia, hanging out here with you. I know you weren't expecting to hear from us this week. We did not promote this at all because the element of surprise comes with a uh, magic of its own. So I am not alone here in the void. Notice you don't hear really any crickets. You don't hear any drones. So you know we're not going into storyland. And normally, I'm going to tell you nine times out of ten when I do something like this, it's going to be reserved for Patreon. But y'all came through for us uh, this season, whether it's supporting the show by word of mouth, getting us into the New York Times. We don't have a publicist. Y'all's word of mouth got us into the New York Times back around Halloween. Y'all are supporting us on the t-shirt shop. Cameo has become a wild and wonderful thing for me. I have done more cameos as the, as Hornet Head than I have just about anything. Uh, and if you've never had Hornet Head tell you to go to the gym, then for a meager price over at Cameo.com, or if you want Melvin to tell you to go tell take your kids to baseball and it's your turn to be a good parent, I can do that as well. Um, I've got to do the Walker Sisters later today, and I'm I'm fighting the urge to buy wigs. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I bring all this up, not just to come and, and tell you and say thank you. I have a gift for you, my family. I went walking here in Fletcher, North Carolina, which where I live is, I can say this without giving away a geographic location, I went walking down by the railroad tracks. I went walking down by the tracks after dark against my own good counsel, and I happened to find somebody there. And I know about a third of you just gasped because, yes, indeed, my brothers, my sisters, and all my family beyond the binary, I am joined now by the railroad man himself, Mr. Yuri Lowenthal. Yuri, how are you, my brother? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am uh, thrilled to be here with you finally, Steve. This is uh, this was this is long overdue, my friend. Yeah, we have been trying to put together this, but we're both getting busy, and with the world sort of opening back yeah. up and then sort of closing back down, yeah. <laughs> work for it's a tease. Yeah, work for both of us. Um, <sighs> if you are not all the way through season two and have not gotten to the siege of pleasant evenings, the incident with the railroad man and the local magistrate story featuring Yuri and uh, the buttercream dream Corey Forrester. You might want to pause because we're definitely going to talk about some spoilery stuff about that story, and we are going to celebrate Old Daddy Charcoal himself being here. Um, uh, Yuri, how does it feel? Now, I'm the voice of Horned Head and 80% of the other characters on the show, so I understand how it feels to be objectified as an infernal deer (laughs) filled with darkness and glowing amber antlers. People like that voice. How does it feel to be possibly the most thirsted after character to ever to ever grace the mountains of old gods of Appalachia. I, I don't know what I what I did to become uh, so lucky or so cursed depending <laughs> on how you look at it. I, it is it is a it is a burden that I am willing to bear. Oh though. man, we have sold a ton of the shirts designed by the railroad stand uh, from our Discord server, um, yes. which that 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 piece of work made me so so happy. And there's another shirt out there uh, Twitter user, you know who you are. Uh, Mr. Lowenthal here has brought this shirt to me. Um, I believe that is Aaron, I believe is the user. Their Twitter handle looks like Appalachia with the upside down Vs. Be very excited because Mr. Lowenthal here, Yuri sent me an image of that shirt. And it's like, do I have to make this shirt and wear it myself? So right. we're going to be hollering at you here very shortly now that season two yes. is over. So Yuri, you are Confirmed. not you are not of our people. You are an outsider to a certain degree. So can you tell certain degree? Can you tell tell the people how do we end up how do we end up being kin? How do we end up working on this together? Well, I'm I'm only an outsider in that in that I walked away and that I left the village as it were um, because I grew up in Tennessee. I grew up in Nashville. Now you could argue that Nashville is hardly. You know, I mean, that is, it is uh, about as cosmopolitan uh, as the South gets, but as Appalachia gets, but 
you know, I, I grew up with, you know, stories of the Bell Witch and, you know, just terrified out of my mind. And when I started listening to the show, I mean, you know, I, anybody could be a fan. You don't have to be from Appalachia. to Absolutely to not. Our, and, our family is and vast was, and wide. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, you could, you could tell by the way, I think I reached out to you <laughs> how excited I was. And, uh, you know, I would have, I would have accepted a, Hey, you know, well, we've got a, you know, a, a, a rule about this and, um, this is, you know, we're, we're sticking by it. And, and I think we managed to still stick by your rule. Indeed. And, Indeed. and, and you, you didn't ask me to, to, you know, to, to down a couple of whiskeys and settle back into the way I used to talk when I was in, when I was growing up in Nashville. Um, you didn't ask me to do that, nope. which I appreciate, you know, because we didn't need to push that. I, I get enough of that when I, you know, when I have more than two or I get on the phone with my sister anyway. Oh yeah. Calls back home is an automatic way to dip, to dip the paintbrush back into the, into the family bucket there. Yeah. I talked to my mom on the phone exactly. the other day and y'all, y'all know, y'all have seen me. It's, it's really, we're going through a weird thing as the show's getting bigger and people are new. People are seeing some of our live streams or I did a Facebook live the other day and people are either shocked by how I look, I guess maybe, or so handsome, so much. I guess than, they, they, they expect they overalls and a beard. Apparently some, a, a bigger right. beard. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair, fair. and that's fair. But they're also a little bit surprised that my voice doesn't sound the cadence of the narrator all the time. I'm like, I am an actor. Right. Okay, like right. this is my exactly. natural, like if I relax all the way into my accent, this is how it sounds, and I'm not holding back anything. This is just what it sounds like when I go home, talk to my family, everything is a little bit faster, comes to my nose a little bit, and that's just how it is. But no, yeah. on my normal day-to-day, my Asheville, North Carolina, progressive liberal hippies with white dreadlock voice <laughs> comes out more like this, which I know is still accented. But... Yuri had been supporting us, and I, did you find us through Gary Whitta? No, I was. I think I was. I was already listening to you. I think it was because uh, some friends of mine did a uh, podcast, a horror podcast uh, called uh, uh, Video Palace. Oh God, that show and, is so good, so good, right? And and I think somebody said I was done with Video Palace, and uh, and they said if you're, you know, looking for more, you should probably try this. And I think that was my gateway. Oh, and then I. And then when, I don't know if, if Gary tweeted about it or if it was just in the, and I think it was just in the credits once where you thanked Gary yeah, and his yeah, wife. Yeah. And, and, um, and then I, 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 I immediately uh, uh, sent a note to Gary saying, hey, is that, is that the you? The, the, are, were you involved? And he said, yeah. And then, and then when we started talking, you know, we found out that, that I also knew Gary. Yeah, yeah. Gary Whitta, um, Gary Whitta yeah. a mutual friend of ours, a fantastic screenwriter, wrote Book of Eli, mm-hmm. uh, did some... Uh, was kind of Rogue, Rogue One. wrote the yeah the OG Rogue One script mm-hmm. um, and a lot of other great things. Uh, his wife is my wife's oldest internet friend who she has never met. They have known each other for like twenty years. Oddly enough, sense. I met her in a parking lot of a Target in San Francisco when I was out there on a poetry trip with our youth <laughs> poets. And like I was standing there talking to Denez Smith, who is an amazing poet. Go look that person up. If you're listening to Steve Reeds and you hear um, me do these, introduce you to these poets, Denez Smith is a poet you need to know. And uh, another another poet, uh, Devin Samuels, who's not as well known, but Denez had just been on the Colbert show like a couple of weeks before with Macklemore. He got to do a verse wow. like after the him Jamila Woods and. And this woman approaches us, and I'm like, oh, she recognizes Denez, clearly, because Denez is beautiful and has a very unique look. So I start to step back, and she's like, are you Steve Shell?" And this is, <laughs> old gods doesn't exist. Nobody knows who I am, maybe outside of slam poetry. Right. And she's like, I'm Leah Whitta. I'm Jamie's friend. So we sent a selfie, and we we did all that. Um, 
But uh, when the show started picking up, we reached out to Gary for advice, and he's like, I am very busy. And I won't, I won't tell yeah. the whole story of how we eventually got connected to uh, Charlie Ferraro, UTA, who's Gary's agent, now he's our agent. And, uh, and Yuri was retweeting us with his massive follower count. And I'll be completely honest, I don't watch anime. I haven't played a, a Spider-Man video game in ever. So I'm like, who is this cool dude who's like retweeting me? And like, we were in LA and you're like, oh man, I just missed you in LA. We could have hung out. And I'm like, who are you? Who are but you? Then every time, Why are you so friendly? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't trust you LA weird. vampires. You're <laughs> weirdos. But then like every time you would retweet us, we'd gain like 300 followers. And I'm like, hey, Holy could crap. you start? And I looked you up and I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a voice actor. I wonder what, um, he's not Appalachian. What could we do? What could we do? And then one day I was asking you to retweet a trailer and you're like, you know, Steve, I would do anything for the show and i was like i don't have naruto money yuri and you that was that was that was that was very railroad man of you. i know i know yeah, like yeah. And, and it was but then yeah and then we just we just hit it off and i i found the character the railroad man was always going to be a character after i name dropped him in the wolf sisters and the character changed you were almost a serial killer like the railroad man originally was patterned after francis walcott on deadwood uh, yes, I think yeah, I remember you talking. Hyper violent, did what he wanted, walked where he wanted because powers that protected him made it so. But then, as you shaped the character and you found the voice, he went from like, yeah, this guy could roll into town and kill a few dozen people and then leave the town almost, or he could raise it to the ground with the powers of dark magic and capitalism. <laughs> so, uh, same thing, really. Um, right. Uh, thinly veiled metaphor. Thinly, yeah. thinly, th- the thinnest. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you brought such life. So, to, just uh, as an actor, and this is an actory asked question yeah. for me to ask you: sure. How did you get there with him? Like, how did you, how did you find that? Yes, and you know, I, I know where you got the words. I wrote them. But like, how sure. did yes. you? Where yeah. did you find? Where did you find him? Um, I, you know, it's always a lot easier for me, and this is not just because we're talking face to face. It's always a lot easier for me when the writing is good, you know, I mean, that makes an actor's job so much easier. And I was already in love with the poetry that you had been creating and the, you know, the, the smoothness of the character comes from the smoothness of the writing. But also, I mean, you know, you talk about capitalism, you talk about how, you know, the, you know, yeah, you could either come in and kick a door down or you could come in and charm the pants off everyone and, you know, end up with a lot more at the end of the day. And I think, you know, that's where, where he's at. He's, he's no stranger to violence. He's no stranger to, you know, pure evil, but he knows he doesn't, you know, it's almost more of a challenge and it's, it's much more rewarding for him to let people sort of come in on their own. Yeah, I no. think that was that was a lot of it. You, know? uh, you you just oozed like we. I think we took one direction call where I think I walked you through a couple of phrases and you just. But then mm. they just slid on like this oily glove, and I I don't think I ever had to direct <laughs> you past that. Like I might. I think I I, I definitely wanted potato salad. Um, yes. Oh yeah. No. And and that was a good call. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That 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 was very. People found that very disturbing. <laughs> and they, yeah, there was fan art of you serving potato salad in one place. Uh, I believe I don't know if Railroad Stand drew that one or whatever. But um, yeah. I, it's it is it is it's a weird world when two kids who grew up in Podunk Appalachia get to work with like the voice of Spider Man. 
And we, we did some math. Actually, I had the Red Thread Society do some math on you. They're, they're probably maybe peeing themselves right now over this interview because uh, they're, they're huge stands of the Railroad Man. But uh, they, I believe uh, Churlington Beescoat on the Discord server did the math and that Frank Megatron Welliker might be the only voice actor that has more – the most working actor that has more voiceover <laughs> animation credits than you do right now. So, oh, so you are prolific, That's crazy. my friend. Yeah, yes. I know, right? Like, and you know, in, in in a similar way, it's it's weird for me to think that this uh, you know little Jewish kid from Nashville um, grew up and get to gets to do this stuff. You know, you're freaking Spider Man. Yeah, I know. like you're Spider know. freaking man. And for a kid, I know. And for a kid who grew up reading comics and you know loved Spider Man and you know just about anything else that he could get his hands on, um, that is, it is still, I like I. I mean, you just said it out loud, and I'm about to say it out loud that I'm I'm Spider Man, and it still doesn't feel yeah real yeah yeah. I mean, I I, I don't I don't think I'll ever be Spider Man, but I the closest I can come to relate is when like we sit down and look at numbers, and they're like, okay, a half a million people listen to the show, yeah, and I I scream into a trash can for a half hour. Uh, sure, yeah, because like, you can't make that work in reality. Yeah, yeah. no, or it's just like when people. Um, and when you like when you like you people like you and uh, there there are a lot of artists out there. Um, Tess Fowler, whose artwork I admire and adore, is a, apparently a, a big fan and uh, is a lovely human being. And like there are people who have I love hearing that who have pushed us along out there uh, and have suggested us. Like I think one of the. There was a uh, a while back. It was some the name the name is escaping me, but someone was just ra- early on was raving about the show. Like we weren't even all the way through season one yet, and it was the guy who drew the Avatar: The Last Airbender comic. And I'm like, that person knows who I am. Like that person, like yeah. um, that's strange and bizarre. And it is a wild. It is a it is a, a a wild thing to go from like doing a project that you think five people will hear to. Just for me and my friends. To hanging out with Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like. Which I hope we get a chance to do someday in in real life back when traveling, you know, you know in the oh, future. Oh, no, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will undoubtedly yeah. be back. We'll be out there for something. But Asheville is a place you can come and get away from L.A. And uh, yeah. the food here is absolutely amazing. It has been gentrified to to a T. But, like, I will say our, sure. our, food, our food and beer scene are 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 excellent. And if you're hearing this and thinking about coming to my town during the pandemic, don't. Uh, but right. if you do wear a mask, I don't care. I don't care if you're vaccinated, I'm vaccinated. I wear a mask everywhere I go. Had one of my one of my most uh, one of my uh, most fun friends who works in, um, uh, in in food services in Asheville at a very fine, nice fine dining restaurant. Super careful, vaccinated, masks all the time. Delta variant. You know, like you can be as yep. careful as you can, but like people, if you're a jerk to a servers over COVID stuff, don't come to my town. Don't go to any town. Just. No, just find another yeah. planet. Just dig, just dig a hole. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yep. I got some people that can help you with that. I got six men. They they haven't had That's much. Really- they haven't had much to do in a while, and they'll come and <laughs> and and they'll uh, and, I'll, and I believe we know a gentleman from the railroad uh, who can help yeah. supervise with that. So, are you caught up? Did you finish the season? I did. Okay. Um, and just really, you know, I, I was gonna, I was I was gonna you know get in touch with you to tell you about this, but I figured you know maybe. You know, it'd be better to just talk about it, it in so front of everyone. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Um, just delicious. And the care you took with it um, and, you know, getting, you know, cultural sen- sensitivity uh, uh, advisors on it was super smart. And I think raised the level of all the different actors you had in this last. They're all so great. 
Like it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, fantastic. You, you, you have, you have a great, let's say, I don't know if it's a gift or not. Cause you know, I know you worked your ass off for it, but you know, you have a, a gift for, you know, just massive, ridiculous, uh, climaxes to, to each of the different parts of the story. Like it all really comes to a, an epic. And that's why I want to see, you know, illustrations. That's why I want to see, you know, comic books. That's why I want to, you know, see stuff. Give us time. Wanna... Give us time. Give us time. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm time. being impatient. We, we may have. I've some... got it all in my head and it's a great, it's great in my head. Yeah, and but... thank you so much. My, my uh, Cam wanted to be with us today, but Cam is over at Old God Shipping Central getting more Patreon packages shipped out to folks who have been very patient and very kind. Um, and they, they managed one call today and this was my, the work I must do for this show to hang out with Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> Mr. Uri Lowenthal, the railroad man, uh, and, and chat with him. Otherwise Cam will be here. We're, the three of us are going to hang out on a zoom sometime. Maybe patrons can join yeah. us for that or something and, and watch us all be yeah. goofy. But, um, yeah, let's do so that. I, I asked if you were caught up, not, to, not for the obvious, uh, prompt to praise us, right. but, um, right. but, uh, how did you feel? about the bait and switch we pulled with Mr. Nathaniel Locke. Okay, and again, spoilers, we are going into late season ter- two territory because we sort of teased people that, that, that Jack's young protege was going to get a job with the man from the railroad. So did you have feelings about that bait and switch? You know, nor, you know. Often I would say, uh, you know, I'd, I often I'd get uh, I'd get upset about bait and switch. But when you bait and switch me, <laughs> it's okay. Like, like again, you know, in that in that last little bit, you know, you, you know, the introduction of Skin Tom. I, you know, I was like, oh, this guy, he's gonna be so bad, and we're gonna hate him. And then by the end, I was like, wow, I love him. So he's such a good, he's just a good guy who wears other people's skins. Like he's a helper, you know? So, so I'm okay when you, when you bait and switch me, Steve. Yeah. We just, we, I can't, I, honestly, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like talk down to people. I was surprised some people fell for it because it would be way too soon. I felt like yeah. for it, and we have definitely not seen the last of the railroad man. I mean, I can't say when or where. We don't ever do that, but like, yeah, I wouldn't like just cut his throat one week, and the next thing you know, he's got an office job somewhere in uh, <laughs> somewhere in, in Tennessee. Like that's just not yeah, how well, HR I, works I like around here. That. Um, yeah. So, what else are you listening to now that Old Gods on hiatus? And we talked, we named up Video Palace, which if you've never listened to Video Palace, Shutter made it. It very much falls into the category of "Oops, I podcasted my own spooky demise," uh, sure, which I think sure. is a, is a trope. But it, but they do it. That's they are probably yeah. the top of the class of "Oops, I, I podcasted my spooky demise." Um, yeah. So, what else are you listening to? Is there anything else? Not 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 have to be horror, I, but just like. No, I'm I'm on hiatus too. The most the most I've been listening to podcasts lately is uh, my son when we when we go on uh, walks and sometimes when when I don't want him to watch TV but you know I, I want him to get focused on something we listen to uh, Stories podcast. Okay. Um, it's yeah, it's called Stories podcast. I think with with Amanda Weldon and. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know the one you're talking. Yeah. About. Yeah. Um, he, he likes, he likes that one. He likes uh, reading bug adventures. So this is all stuff for, if you're, if you're out there listening and you want something for your kids to listen to, um, that's honestly mostly what I've been consuming lately, uh, which is a very different, yeah, very different I, feel. I have a hard time with, uh, with, with, with horror podcasts. I love the white vault. I love all our friends at full and scholar mm-hmm. and I finished Magnus. You know, we are on the rusty quill network. Shout right. out rusty quill, but I, I don't need to revisit those guys like anytime soon. I rewarded myself for finishing season two by listening to, um, 
John Darneal of the Mountain Goats read Wolf in White Van on audiobook, which is uh, phenomenal. That's that's that was my favorite book when that came out in 2015. That was my book of the year, and it was long listed for the National Book Award. Uh, but hearing and I've I'm never a read it. and I'm a I'm a John Darnell super super fan and uh, he he lives in North Carolina and I really wish I could be seeing him at the Orange Peel tonight but I did not think we would be having live concerts in August which we probably shouldn't be but uh, even though they're they're requiring mask and proof of vax to get in I have family dinner plans so I will not be there but uh, it's I, I when a musician makes that leap from musician to novelist you're always kind of sketchy get it it's I, I can tell you kind of what it's about. It's about a young man, because it's content warning if I'm recommending it. Uh, it's about a young man in the 80s who is obsessed with uh, Conan and D&D and has this very rich internal life. But also there's definitely something off. And as a, you find out from the get-go that he has attempted to end his life with a rifle, but survived, severely disfigured. And has grown to be an adult and runs a turn, you remember these, Yuri, a turn-by-mail yeah. role-playing game. Oh my god! And the the narrative weaves in and out of time, and in the real world, two kids have died playing his game, and and no, there's a whole thing. That's not, but that's not the story. The story is about the internal workings of this character who is a grown man and also perpetually the child he was when he attempted to. And it's just like I, it's just a. I recommend the audiobook very highly, uh, but the book is. You said it's the Wolf in the White Van. Wolf in White Van, and the the Wolf in White Van. Wolf in okay. White Van, and that I don't want to spoil where that title comes from. Uh, but it, no, if you grew no. up in the Satanic Panic, if you grew, I if you, that's when I was playing D anD D. That's when I I used to I used to go back in Nashville. I used to show up outside a donut shop where this guy would pull up his pickup truck and sell us used D anD D. He'd sell dice. He'd sell used modules. <laughs> like I used to buy. D and D stuff out of the back of a pickup legit. in front of in front of a donut shop. Legit, absolutely, one hundred percent legit. So I think I, and when you're talking about uh, uh, musicians who then write, um, I, I immediately think, and it you know it sort of falls in with with this whole tone. Uh, Nick Caves oh, and, yeah. the, and the Ass Saw the Angel. Haven't read it, but uh, I know it's out there. It's well, I'll tell you what, I'll read Wolf and White Van if you read. Yeah, done, 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 done. Because they're yeah. Um, so good. Yeah, no, yeah. So but um, I finished Wolf and White Man, and now I'm doing his other book, Universal Harvester, which is horror. I, I know what it's horror. And then Universal Harvester is a guy in the in the 90s working in a video store, small town video store. People start returning the tapes, and what looked like clips of maybe torture, or maybe a snuff film, maybe something horrible, have been put on random tapes throughout the store, and it's about unraveling the mystery of that, and it does not go where you think it's going to go at all. Darniel's mind is... There, there's I, I, I talk about John a lot just because I, that's, I, I worry about my parasocial boundaries because there's just very seldom been an, uh, <laughs> an author who... or, or an artist yeah. who, like... Are you yeah. sure you're not me 20 years from the future sending me warning signs back through art? Right. Because that's what this feels <laughs> right. like. Tell me when I die. Um yeah. But um, yeah, there's just as as somebody who worked in a in a video store growing up, uh, that uh, appeals to me greatly. Uh, next next on my list, yeah, next on my list is Chuck Wendig's new book, uh, Book of Accidents. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, I don't think I don't know that I've read Chuck Wendig, to be honest. Um, if you uh, you know his last big book uh, was called Wanderers, and it was very much if you liked Stephen King's The Stand, uh-huh. 
it it had it it definitely there was DNA in that, but it was also very prescient with what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, I'm sure with uh, global pandemics and sure. you know the the rise of militias and and in a way that when we I was reading it, it just became more and more terrifying. But it's really great. I I, I I'm glad I so I'll recommend I'll see your Wanderers and raise you okay. Justin Cronin's The Passage. Okay. Uh, the Passage okay. is a trilogy. Well, the passage the passage. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking off to see if um, no, that's okay. So somebody else. Yeah, the passage yeah, okay. is a brick, and it's the passage, the twelve, and the city of mirrors, and it is vampirism as a virus, uh-huh. but not in the way like not in a tropey sci-fi way. It actually spans like the entire book spans generations, and a lot of inspiration of how I how I you will eventually see families get tied together once we start writing past mid twentieth century point with old gods is very inspired by this. But it is uh, the way it is written, the lyrical nature it is written. You it starts with Fox did one season of a TV show setting it in the present, uh, setting the the present setting in in which. Uh, FBI agents are sent to retrieve a little girl who's been orphaned uh, because they're looking for a child to use in these experiments, and she's someone who can vanish into the system. And it's this experiments about extending human life by doing these these things, and of course, it creates something it's not supposed to create. But that right. that turns into a road story with the detective and the little girl, and then it jumps four hundred years into the future into the world that came after all of that was unleashed. And it flashes back. And when you're in the future, you hear about the characters you met in the first written about as if they were in the Bible. And then there was Amy, who was glorious and the yeah. Savior. And at her side, Peter, the man of days. And it's like, and it's just, right. Cronin just has this voice that weaves. And it's just one of these things, like if you're going to write about vampires and you're and they're not like, Spooky, yeah. you know, they're not sexy vampires. They're not sexy vampires. No, not at all. Not, not remotely. Um Right. Though in the series they made, um, because the premise is they experiment on death row inmates whose deaths they fake. So they give right. them this thing that mutates them, and then of course they are instilled by their basest instinct, and they kind of become this right. hive mind. And it's it's, but it is rich and it is lyrical. It is epistolary in places, and then you'll get like some little snippet side story that you wonder where it's going, and they reveal a last name at the end of it, and you're like, oh god, that's the grandmother of that guy. Oh right. yeah. So Justin right. Cronin's when you're ready for something big and you've got downtime. Okay. Just okay. start with the passage, and if you like it, go uh, again. Also, recommend the audiobooks of that one. I forget the narrator, but uh, this has been Book Corner with Uncle Yuri and Uncle right, Steve. Right. Um, <laughs> Whatever you do, don't get me started on movies. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the last good thing you yeah, watched? That'd be a halt. Uh, like movie wise, yeah. um, you know, I just I just rewatched uh, The Lighthouse because uh, it's so good. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I rewatched Detention. Uh, recently, uh, Joseph Kahn uh, is a Gonzo filmmaker, and his uh, his high school sort of uh, throwback to to not the '90s, and uh, but like you know, it's it's part Breakfast Club, it's part weird time travel movie, it's part no, it um, it's 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 nuts. Um, but uh, God, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff. I'm I'm blanking out now, but a lot of stuff uh, has come out recently. Um, that I guess people have sort of been holding on to, waiting yeah, for yeah. you know exactly when to drop it during the pandemic. Yeah, I've uh, been I've been hesitant on movies. I've been mm-hmm. uh, I've been delving into TV shows. I'm super excited that we got Wellington Paranormal uh, in America. Me too. Yeah. Well, when? But I mean, it's not because it, was that on, is it on Netflix or who's got HBO it? Max? It's, it's, 
HBO Max has yeah. it. And it, did they drop it yet? Because I've been there are four episodes out. I think they're I think they're dropping okay. it live on the CW. And HBO Max is getting okay. it day after the way, it. way Hulu does. Because I love the, because I, I love the yeah. What we do the, what, it, what we do in the Shadows universe yeah. is yeah. it's flawless. You cannot there is yeah. nothing you can say about it. Again, it I'm for it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And same and I so much. I can't wait for September for season three. Uh, I almost yep. hope it's the last season because I don't want it to get too to trail. Yeah, off. I don't. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't. I. God, it's just. It's just. I can't say enough good things about what we do in the shadows. It's the funniest, singularly yeah. the funniest horror show I've ever, I've ever watched. Maybe I I, I. I have. Yeah. I love it. I have great faith in. I have great faith in Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement and you know like everybody involved. Like I, I can. I. I I can't see it. I can't see the quality dropping off. Yeah, but no, same, right. same. As, as, but, as things but, go yeah, on and on. But you have to, sometimes you have to know yeah. when, like the good place, in my opinion. Yeah, walked away. One hundred percent. I cannot rewatch the finale. I cannot cry that much. I can't do Chidi's wave speech. Uh, no, no. Oh God, what a great show! No, totally. What's your comfort? What's your comfort yeah. viewing right now? What are you watching? Uh, com- comfort, comfort view right now. Ted Lasso. I mean, it's just it is the show that we all need. Okay. Right my now, wife liked that a lot. I haven't watched it. So I'll put that. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I put it off for, for a while because I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to watch a sports show. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm doing. I guess it's, it's about sports. Like the show sports night was about. Sports, oh, okay. God, that really show. How far ahead of its time was that freaking show? It's too far. Ahead. Like, yeah, like, yeah. They gave us Peter. If Cr- you released it today, people would, would say, Hey, this is right. Yeah. Peter Krause, uh, before six feet under, you know, like that was just like, yeah. and by the way, if you're from, if you're, a, if you're a, a Super Z Baby, Six Feet Under, was one of the greatest TV shows made of the late 90s, early aughts on HBO. Yeah, early HBO. Hit. Some of it some of it holds up and some of it did not age well. But uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when I, I went through a whole thing of revisiting all the big HBO hits, revisiting The Sopranos, which does not hold up uh-huh. that well. Uh, look, there's a lot of misogyny that's just not. Yeah. There's never okay. Yeah. Never okay. But nope. just like there are times when, the, oh, yeah, that word got used. Oh, no. Ooh. Mm, I, oh, well, yeah. so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dexter's getting a revival. I'm not for it. Uh, Dexter's getting a re- no because Dexter did that thing where Dexter. I love Dexter, and then it was diminishing returns yep. after a certain point. John, the John Lithgow season was absolutely horrifying. Oh, oh the Pentagon. Yeah, and yeah. after that, yeah. everything they tried, they tried. I want a new season. I want a new season of Fargo. How do you feel about Fargo? Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, always. Solid. Um, I've been watching Schmigadoon. If you're a fan of musicals, the wife at all, the wife is on Schmigadoon, and I need I need to get <laughs> yeah, in on it. That is definitely feel good. It's it's sort of like the you know the good placey yeah. uh, thing that I'm watching right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, but yeah, that's just yeah. Ted Lasso, Schmigadoon, um, Doom Patrol. We're oh, so Max good. And stuff. So good. Doom Patrol is so good, and like it's my favorite superhero TV show, like that and the boys maybe. But um, but Doom Patrol is. I mean, I know it was it was on a streaming platform that nobody really right, right. watched, and then it's sort of buried on HBO Max. But uh, you you it's you owe it to yourself. Bra- to Brandon it. Fraser in that is a uh, Brendan oh, Fraser. Sorry, Brendan Fraser return, in that. Yeah, the return of Brendan. Yeah, Fraser. it's just it's yeah. I yeah I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't get enough of that. Um, trying to think, let's see what else is there. Anything we're just talking about random stuff now. But uh, right. I don't know what my, I know that's what the family wanted. It was just a chance to hang out with you and right. And, uh, Right, well, and this is just the introduction because I have to I have to wrap this up and 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 get to to the other work the work that where they called me and they said and they scheduled it and they said you got to do this and we'll we'll pay you money. Um, but um, can can this just be sort of like the intro to a much bigger yeah thing we do and we could do it 
live on you know Discord or more of this. Yeah, or I'll tell you what. Let's call this the end of part needs. one because we're right at a half hour. Okay, and then the, okay. and, that's, and and like we'll we'll we will return with Uncle Yuri. AKA Daddy Charcoal, AKA the Rail Me Man, AKA uh, <laughs> there. Somebody just died. They will not believe I actually said that, but I did. Um, the most thirsted after uh, character at Old Gods. We'll we'll come back and either do something live or we'll just pick this up and add Cam to the mix. There'll be a part two to this, yeah. maybe week or week after. And fa- yeah, so because you and I have gotten to talk, but Cam and I only talk on Twitter. I know, and, and that that, that needs to happen. Part two will feature. will be. Yeah. A, we'll have full feature. hundred percent more Cam content. Great. So family, thank you all for joining us and hanging out with uh with me and and uh, Uncle Yuri here on a special just kind of interseason drop in on Old Gods of Appalachia. Can I, can I throw in can I throw in one last plug? Sure. Um I just uh dropped a, a sci-fi show on Dust which uh, nobody's heard of, but it's a, it's a, like a sci-fi aggregator. Um all eight episodes of a sci-fi show that we uh we produced live a couple of years ago but now is all cut down and uh, and and mastered. Um, you can get, you can watch it at watchdust.tv or it's probably, they've got an app, you know, it's like Shudder, but for sci-fi basically. Um, and the show is called Orbital Redux. Orbital Redux. Gunpowder and Sky yeah. produces dust and they're, they're good people. Correct. They yeah. are good people. Yeah. Uh, all right. So family, we will come back and visit more with Uncle Yuri with a hundred percent more cam content and uh, yes, we'll, we'll work it out. So we'll see you soon, family. See you real soon.